Hey, today we are talking about identity. I want to dive a little bit deeper into it. I know that we had hit on it kind of the beginning of this month, the end of last month, um, so a couple of weeks ago, and I'm still being challenged by this idea, right? Like this idea that identity is not removable. And I had to sit with that for a little while. Um, I had to call in a professional who has experienced this just to further my mind on this topic a little bit. And I wanted to bring someone on who could truly speak to this as a reality and to even go deeper than I ever imagined. I mean, my mind is still blown. Um, but having those conversations made me finally let go of this idea that it is in what's removable. And I had let go of like the nine to five version, like it's not in your job, but I wasn't really willing to let go of or fully embrace that it isn't your family. Like, aren't they your identity? Isn't being a mom part of your identity? Isn't being, uh, isn't coming from an English settler's story? Like, isn't that an identity? Aren't those things that we identify with? And it was really hard for me to let that go. And after my conversation with Lindsay, it just forever impacted my mindset and where I was willing to take my identity journey. So I hope that she does that for all of you. And she kind of lets you let go of that as well. I'm so excited <laughs> for that interview to be coming here tomorrow. Um, just working on it and re-listening. I just think it, hopefully it gives you the ability to just fully untie that identity. And I think that was a hard transition for me to make too. So today we're talking about that. Like, what are the things that are true to you? What can your identity even be if you did allow yourself to fully remove from that and why that's important? Um, yeah. And then we sort of end with me in real time, trying to tell you what I believe my identity is, and I'm still working on that. So maybe today I'll do a little bit of work to come up with a tool for us to use in finding that. Um, stay tuned. I'll try to work on that today and see where I get. And I don't know that it's a tool, but it is really just something to help guide you in that work, right? Because I think if if you got a piece of paper today and you wrote down what your identity was, you would embrace and acknowledge likely the same things I did, that it's not your work. But are we willing to embrace and acknowledge that it's also not our family? Dun, dun, dun. I know. <laughs> Come on, go there with me. I'm telling you this week is going to be so full of goodness and reality that it makes you a little bit crazy. Um, but I know on the other side of that, we're going to find this beautiful place where we are firm in our stance of who we are and how we present ourselves to the world. So let's go. Hey, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast. 
you know, this whole journey, the entirety of this work really was based on this idea that I had shown up in life feeling fine, feeling just fine about my life. And I had decided that fine wasn't good enough, that I wanted more. And more than anything, I decided that I wanted to live life on my terms for the first time ever. And season one, the very beginning of this podcast, of this daily journal podcast of what a journey out of that place looks like, season one really explores a ton of different paths to what was meant to be my destiny. And now we're moving into season two and there have been twists and turns that I could have never expected starting this a year ago. Starting to just show up and ask questions. And if you want to start all the way back in season one, you can start there. If you're starting a journey, it's a great place. There's a lot of exploratory vision work that happens. There's just a lot of movement through understanding myself better and understanding what I even wanted my terms to be. Now that we're moving into season two, this really becomes sort of the coaching portion of walking, walking that dream taking those first steps, some of the things that might happen to you, some of the things that have happened to me as I explore and move into this new path. And so it's really just meant to walk along with you. If you ever needed someone to hold your hand, you ever needed a community to support you changing and challenging and growing, that's what we're here for. We're here five days a week to help you keep growing. That's what the Death of a Dream podcast is all about. We're so grateful that you're here. Hey, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast with your host, Hannah Nuss. You've made it. We've made it. It's a thing. Uh, Let's start off with our great thing. I mean, if there was ever a great thing to be proud of. It's this one today. I can't even. So usually I record at 5.30. Like that's my mark. That's when I get on. That's when I go live. And today at, you know, 4 something a.m., I hear something on my stairs, right? Don't worry. It's not a badger. It's not a mouse. It's a four-year-old. Okay. Which now I'm undecided which one would have been worse, which one would have been better. Like I feel like the mouse or the badger, that would have been a quick, well, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened. Either way, it seems like that would have been quicker than the four-year-old. Handling that situation would have been quicker. So said four-year-old wakes up. She comes downstairs. She tells me that she wants to watch a movie. I say back to her, we can't really watch a movie. You have school today. We have to go back to sleep. You have to be ready for school. Your body needs rest. Like we can't be awake right now. And she demands, as four-year-olds do, that we need to watch a movie. 
And I'm like, just, oh, just give in, just give in, just give in. Then you can go down, you can work out, you can do all the things that you need to do to prepare yourself for this podcast. And I'm like, no, we're not giving in. We're not doing a move. She has to go back to bed. She has to go back to bed. She has to go back to bed. So I'm like, hey, you're not watching a movie. She cries it out for a little bit of time. I go back, I kind of journal and... Then she comes to terms with the fact that she is not going to watch a movie. This she knows now. Okay, we're good. We're not watching a movie. We're going to go back to bed. And then we like, she comes in while I'm journaling. She says, okay, mom, I made myself a bed down here. I'm ready to lay down. And I'm like, whoa, Ho- hey, hold on. This is... This is new level of maturity that I'm not used to from this four-year-old when she gets the word no. So she lays down and then her dad comes down to leave for work. And then she goes in to turn off the lights in the dining room. And she turns those off and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're still going to be on time here. Right? Like she's all in on this going back to sleep thing. I'm here for it. And she rolls around, we roll around, I'm still journaling, like, with the lights kind of off, kind of on, and eventually we have to turn the lights all the way off, and eventually I'm like, we're, we're gonna do this, we are gonna do this, she is going back to sleep, we are not watching a movie, and we don't, and eventually I'm like, okay, oops, eventually I'm like, okay, it's too quiet down here. And we sleep with fans just for like white noise. So it's too quiet downstairs. And so probably around the time of 515, I'm like, we need, we need to get upstairs. That's the only chance we have in this falling asleep thing. So I grab her, grab my calendar and we venture upstairs. And I'm like, okay, maybe if I can get her in my room, maybe I can get her to fall asleep. If I can't, maybe we can turn on a movie. I'm like, no, we can't. We can't turn on the movie. That's what we were making our stand for. This is why we're here in the first place. We could have just turned on a movie and stayed on time. Like, don't give in now. Don't give in now. You got this. So I'm like, fine. No, four-year-old, you shall not win. And so... I say, do you want to go in mom's room or do you want to go lay down in your room? And she wanted to go to her room. So I'm like, okay, all right, we can do this. I'm laying there and I think I got her to sleep. And it's like, it's like 530 at this point. I'm like, we're still going to be on time. I delicately slide my ponytail out of her fingers and I creak out of bed. And what do you know? She sits straight up. And realize we went too soon. It's too soon. Right? I'm like sitting there still wanting to stay true to my timeline. Like we could still make this happen. Yes, we had to skip a workout. Yes, like these things are okay. We'll figure out how to move later. Like we're good. Let's just get this kid back to sleep. And so she sits straight up and I realize like we're not making this timeline. Now I'm in it right? We have to see this through, but I almost had her asleep had I just not 
ventured out and tried to stay on my own dang timeline. So, I lay there, she plays with my hair, and eventually she falls back asleep. Like, she's asleep right now. Hopefully, we don't hear from her. I got her back to sleep. Like, that is the greatest thing that I may accomplish this month, that I may accomplish this year, that I may accomplish this lifetime. Like, getting a child back to sleep after they have woken up is no joke. Like, especially a four-year-old. I don't know what it is about this delicate little lovely age. Like, anywhere from two to four is really that window where sleep seems impossible. And yet it's slowly getting easier, right? Like as she's expending more energy in preschool, but like somewhere before preschool becomes a regular thing and their energy becomes like just higher than ever before, somewhere in there, there's this window of struggling to sleep. I don't know if anybody else has experienced that. That has been my personal experience with both children. That window where they have high amounts of energy and they have nowhere to expend it. You know, like daycare is good, but it just doesn't do what school does to them. I don't know what it is. This has been my personal experience. And then the second that they go to school, all of a sudden it's like we're passing out. There's no more struggle. And it's such a beautiful thing. I think they just get bored with like daycare, with you, with just maybe life. I don't know. It's terrible. Anyways, I'm just saying my great thing from today is getting my four-year-old back to sleep. Yeah. Took me about an hour. That's why we're a little bit off pace here from where we normally are, but we're here. Okay. We're here. We've made it. We have officially arrived. Okay. So that's my great thing. Go ahead. Take time. All right. It's essential. Take time for yourself. Recognize yourself for your great thing. I'm not going to tell you again. Actually, I'll tell you every single day. It's so important. Um, but take time forever to recognize yourself for this. Okay. All right. Let's dive all the way in today. I can't be about anything less than this. Okay. So we've been talking about identity or we did cover it. And this has been a topic that has sort of pained me that I have significantly struggled with. Cause I'm like, if I'm not, you know, and as someone who willingly removed the things that I identified with, and I did it slow. Some people like rip off a bandaid and they remove these things. For me, it was like, okay, we're going to kind of remove them one by one. And if you want the description of how all of that happened, you can listen to a billion episodes of the kind of structure and downpour of what has led up to this place. But it was, it was intentional removal of the things that I identified with because I had tied myself so tightly to those things that I didn't really know if I would be real if I remove them. And so 
I had this very real experience removing those things and realizing that I'm still real, that I still exist, even when they're gone. But for me, the other side is like the stickier side, the things that you don't want to think about going away, right? Like, The fact that you're a mother, the fact that you're a daughter, the fact that you're a wife, like those things that we almost wind ourselves even tighter to. And I'm challenged by this because I think it's just in the pure avoidance of having to acknowledge that those things could go away at any moment. And then I start to think about how troubling it would be if they did. Because first you have to mourn the loss of that life, of that person, of that thing, whatever it is, right? And then you have to mourn the loss of your identity. And I talked about that. We experienced that in very real time. Like just the loss of the identity that I carried with my nine to five was about a two months span of just self-reflection and self-loss and self-identity, like it got low and it got hard. And I don't, I don't know that I could ever help someone through that because I'm sure there's no manual written on how you mourn that loss, but man, it was hard. It was definitely harder than I expected. And I really thought like, we're venturing into this new identity. That's where we're going to find ourselves. But it isn't like a clean break where you've created a new identity. So you don't mourn the loss of the old one. It just isn't. It's like a never ending rediscovery of yourself. And that's like deep and true work. And if you don't give yourself the right amount of space. So I like to look at this as um, I knew that window of when I was leaving, I knew that that might be hard. I didn't ever expect it to be this hard. I didn't ever expect it to take this long to transition. Um, But I had, we had to create a buffer because I didn't know what to expect because there is no book written on losing your, I'm sure there's a billion books written on it, but there's no book true to what I've experienced. And so I had to give myself space. So we created that window. And I remember telling my husband, Jordan, if this is going to be stressful, like I really need to be able to authentically explore this space. So if this is going to create stress, that is going to impact my creative exploration of what this looks like. And it's really important that I be able to dive into that. And so if you aren't able to give me that space, because this is going to create unneeded stress that you are going to project on me, and then I'm going to struggle to fully authentically explore, then we can't make this move right now. And I need to honestly know if you can go to this space. If you can allow me to go to this space, if you can remove that anxiety, is that possible? And we definitely had weeks where 
it wasn't right where we're where we were struggling where we still struggle where the stress of him carrying the majority of the load so that I can explore this gets too heavy and we're still working to figure out what works in those spaces what works um to relieve that stress what works to excuse ourselves from that fear because it is it's a constant fear space and it's a constant recalling of the intention behind this work right and so he obviously didn't sign up for this <laughs> like there's no spouse significant other in this world that's like you know I think I'm just going to go all in. I think I'm just going to trust that this is going to work out because they aren't in your mind and that's okay. Like Jordan doesn't want to be in my mind. I can promise everyone that. Um, but he knows enough about me to know that I will figure it out. And I had to effectively communicate what I needed in order to figure it out and keep calling that out when that wasn't happening. And that's hard for me as a seven. That's hard for me because then I have to acknowledge that it's not going great. Right. And that is probably the biggest challenge is acknowledging when we've gotten off track and not just like blinding it with the natural optimism that wants to pop up in my head, in my body, in my being, for goodness sakes. And so, right, it's been a process. It's been working through this. It's been us experimenting and moving. But I think more than anything, that identity piece for both of us has been hard. I talked about yesterday, like we had to let go of who who we were convinced we were meant to be. Because it obviously wasn't meant to be, or it would have happened. And so you kind of dance along in life, realizing that everything plays out the way that it's supposed to, right? But also that you have to put out and claim space. And what I realized is that the last time I had claimed space was the last time that I was fighting for myself. And I had just sort of claimed safe space, but not claimed exciting space, not claimed passion space, not claimed spaces that were really big enough for me and the person that I was right? The reason that I was exhausted, the reason that I was constantly grasping at things, the reason that I was just like adding and adding and adding was this true avoidance of the fact that I was dissatisfied with my life. And I was dissatisfied because I stopped claiming what I wanted, right? And that's going to be ever changing, right? Your dream list, your goal list, you're going to check some of those things off and you're going to find new opportunities. You're going to find new things that you're going to want to claim. Those things are always going to be changing. What isn't is this harder thing is this identity, right? This is who we are 
if all those things were gone? What is true about you? Because when everything is stripped away and I am telling you, Wednesday, our Empower Women Wednesday episode is going to dive into this. I never thought I'd be able to find someone who could speak to this because it seems impossible, right? It seems like something you couldn't speak to. And I found someone. I'm just saying, like, if you don't listen to Wednesday's episode, I don't know how you will navigate this life from here. Wednesday. I'm telling you, when and stay, Wednesday, listen up. Okay. So I didn't know if I'd be able to find someone to speak to the loss of identity on the side that you couldn't. And now that I think about it, now that I found her and she can speak so amazingly to this. Now I'm like, it probably wouldn't have been that hard. I just needed to like expand my brain for who that person is, right? And that's really anyone who's lost that identity that they had claimed, right? If we're a mother, if we're a daughter, anyone who's lost that. But I think Lindsay, and that's my guest for Wednesday's interview, I think Lindsay can speak to this even better because it goes deeper than that right? It's not just the loss of being a daughter. It's the loss of an entire story that she had been telling herself for her entire life. Like it's new level of loss. Okay. And I won't tell you anymore, but I will say like, if there was ever an episode to listen to, and like, I've had some amazing guests who I still talk to people about that I still reminisce the conversations that we've had like but Lindsay tomorrow just really challenges this for me challenges my idea of what I thought identity was and challenges takes it to a whole new level of realization of reality that I don't think I had even been willing to embrace because even as I said identity is not connected to anything that you can lose, I was still struggling with that idea. Like, huh, okay, yeah, I get that. Good quote. Keep talking about that, Hannah. Right? But I still didn't want to embrace that whatever is removable is not your identity. So I want to start thinking about what your identity is then. What if you did lose everything? Who are you? Because let's not double the trauma, right? And not that you're not that you're not going to have a loss, right? But like the trauma of losing that and then the trauma of losing yourself is like double punishment. So what if we all worked to discover who we are outside of all the removable things? So for me, who am I? who am I? Right? And this is something that I'm still going to be challenged by. This is something that I'm still working on as we carve through this, because at the end of the day, if this podcast doesn't exist, right? If I can't write a book, those are the outlets of who I am. 
then who am I? Right? What if those outlets change? Maybe I'm not a podcaster. Maybe I'm not a speaker. Maybe I'm not a writer, right? It's the freaking pandemic. Maybe there aren't speakers out in this world anymore. And if we haven't done that work to know who we are, then that's a major identity shift. That's a major blow. It's like losing a nine to five. Who are you if you aren't that thing? Right. And so for me, the blow to my ego, the blow to my identity when I left that nine to five may not have been as hard if I knew who I was without that. But I didn't. And I still don't. We're still on this journey. I think for me, it was about finding someone who could speak to this fact, like finding someone who truly knew and who had navigated it so that I could come to terms with the fact that your identity is not tied to anything that you can lose. And you think that it's going to be there forever. You do. But what if it went away? What if all the things that you knew were just gone in an instant? Right? What if you were still a person, even if everything was gone? Well, you are. Right? You're still going to be a person. You're still going to be this wealth of experiences and knowledge and beauty. You're still going to be that. And so that's why this work is so important. Like, what is your identity? What are the things that make you you? And they aren't just the external things. Those are just the ways that you do the things. But like, what is true to you? To me? Like, enthusiasm is real to me. Optimism. These are things that are just true to me. I can't even help it. I'm like, annoyingly optimistic. Even when like the sun hasn't shined for weeks, I still find ways to twist things to be brighter. Like, I can't even help it. Trust me, I've had some very awkward conversations where there was like no light at all. And I'm still just like, no, there is. And they were like, no, no, Hannah, there isn't. Please stop. And I'm like, oh, shit. Right? When your optimism gets you in trouble and you're just like, oh, we shouldn't be smiling at the funeral. Damn it. Not again. Not again. But here I am like, no, there's definitely always a bright side. There's definitely always a good way to look at something. But not everybody (laughs) wants to hear that in moments when I bring it. And so (laughs) I can't help that that's who I am. But that's just who I am. That's true to me. That's true to my identity. That's true. Like, if you need someone to find the bright side, if you're looking for it, I'm your gal. I promise you that. And that makes me a very bad person to have in moments when you don't want that when you don't want to experience that truth when you're just trying to lay in the sadness right regardless that's who I am that's how I appear that is my identity and that can't be lost it can get sad it can move through different spaces but that's true to me that's something that will always be there right 
And I'm still figuring out what the other things are. Um, I think, you know, through my experiences through, and here's the thing, like, I'm trying to think through right now, is my identity this like relentless ability to give up? I mean, I can't, I, I like want to, there are moments trust with this podcast, there have been moments, but I just know, and I've seen time after time after time of like, even when I was an athlete, right? Even when I was expelling this in a different way, that was still true to me. I remember being like, well, I've never played that position, but you know what? I'll try. I'll figure it out. I'll practice more. I'll do more. I'll play that position. And so I was probably one of the few people in college that made multiple position changes because I just, like, I just wanted to play. The last thing that I know true to my being is like, whatever I put my heart and soul into, there's passion. There's drive. There is this inescapable movement towards whatever it is that I want to do. My husband will actually speak to that this is his favorite thing about me, right? Because like, if he spoke to my looks, those are going away. That's removable. But like this fire, this inability to give in, this inability to see something, to not see something through to the end, like that is me. And he speaks to that beautifully. Like he speaks, he spoke to that before I even knew that that was my gift. Like, I think that that was one of the reasons that he ended up deciding to marry me because it, well, I don't know. I won't believe that it was my face. Um, I think my, my brain won this one out because that is a part of who I am. That is something that I radiate that that passion for whatever it is I'm diving into, right? And is that removable? No, it hasn't been, right? And like, if everything got stripped away, I would still have that as one of my powers, right? And hopefully you can all feel that. My passion for this work, my my passion and my drive to make this something that helps someone. And that's true to who I am. That's true to my identity. Those are three things that have been with me since the beginning of time. And those are three things that while they go through their own motions of how they present themselves, have never been removed, right? Like there are days where they take back seats, but those are true things to me. Those are true identities, right? And just being a light. And that goes with the optimism. That also goes with the passion. Like those are things. Those are not tied to a nine to five. Those are not tied to my relationship. Those are not tied to my mother. Like these are just things that are true to me. 
And in my relationships, that's what I bring. But they're removed from the identity that I bring, that I am those relationships. These are just things that are true to me. So take time, start thinking about that. I think the episode on Wednesday will help you dive down into those things a little bit deeper and really let go of the fact that it's in anything removable. At least I'm hoping it will. So as always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey loves, I'm so grateful that you tuned in today. If you want more, you want the weekly update. And this is called the Don't Do It Alone, Your Weekly Guide to Greatness. That really is going to give you the inside look at the tactics from the weekly discussions that we have right here. Um, That's a weekly guide to greatness that you need in your inbox. Go over to nusink.com. And the first thing you'll see is the subscribe now um, to get that in your inbox. I would love hang out with you and give you a way to apply the things that we talk about on this show to your life. Um, as always, you can find me on Instagram at the death of a dream. Um, find me there, follow me there. Let's chat. Uh, cause I know that some of this stuff is impacting you in bigger ways. And I'd love to talk with you about it. What's going on? How are you using this? How is this changing you? And as always, if something hits with you, please share it. Please go ahead, review this. This movement, the death of a dream movement is about rising one another, finding new ways to look at the world, finding new approaches to life and growing together. We are a community of mostly women who are looking to change our lives in some way. So like, share, comment, review. That's how you can pay me back if this has helped you in any way. I'm so grateful for you and everything that you are doing.